We're going to talk about some difficult things, but I think that if it was good enough for Jesus Christ to talk about and the apostles to talk about, and it was given to us in Holy Script, then we are duty-bound to speak on these things. And some of these things are not popular to talk about. You won't hear them spoken about many places. <clears throat> you know, I taught a class, and my students were all uh, state prison inmates. And they had to go through this class. Uh, it was a cognitive intervention class to teach people and give them tools to change the way they think. Because the way we think determines the actions we take. And I would start my class off by having the guys write down the definition of integrity. And do you know that out of 360-something people, I believe, there was only two people that even came close to knowing the definition of integrity. And the one guy that, that hit it the closest was he said, uh, when I'm alone, I act the same way as if my grandma was right there. <laughs> well, he got it pretty close. Okay? But you know what's even more astonishing is people in the world don't know what integrity is. Law-abiding citizens in many cases do not know what, what that is. and It's being redefined in our society. Proverbs 2 and 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk upright. He is a defender of those who have integrity. Now the definition in the Hebrew is uh, simplicity, soundness, completeness, upright perfection. In the Greek New Testament, it is an incorruptibility, a soundness, a purity. Even Webster says a wholeness of person, undivided, the state of being whole. But I want you to notice something about the modern definition of integrity. The modern definition says integrity requires that a person only perform actions that square with his inner values. Do you, under, do you get what that, guy, what that says? We only need to do what we think is right to have integrity. That's what this is saying. <clears throat> Vladimir Lenin, one of the creators of a system in Russia that was responsible for over 20 million deaths, and most of those were professing Christians, came up with this phrase right here. A lie told often enough becomes the truth. Now how, how often do we see that uh, today in America? If you say it enough, it's the truth. If you lie enough, eventually people are going to believe it. <clears throat> it's moral relativism. Moral relativism is the view that ethical standards, morality, and positions of right and wrong are culturally based and therefore subject to a person's individual choice. There is no absolute standard of truth. That's what's being preached in America today. There's no absolute standard of truth. It just depends on what you like. 
You're your own truth. Listen to your own self. If you listen to that self within, then you find the truth. What do you think about that? This guy right here is a, a, a philosopher of Hinduism. Uh, the word says in Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we can't know looking at our own heart what integrity is because it's wicked. <clears throat> According to the world, there is no absolute truth. Each person has their own truth. You make up your own truth. Now, if each individual has his own truth, what is the truth? Because people believe widely different varying things. The Bible says in John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the standard of truth. And you hear these guys that preach this modern relativism. Uh, you know, they, they say uh, there's no absolute truth. The next time one of them spouts that off to you, you ask them, well, is that true? Is that true? That there's no absolute truth? <clears throat> Our world today, Judges 17 and 6, in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. <clears throat> We have liberty in America. And we love our liberty. And that liberty says that you can do a lot of things as long as you don't infringe upon another's, as your liberty doesn't infringe upon another's liberty. <clears throat> God does not give us those liberties. Some of those things are not according to His will. Many of them aren't. And if you talk to many people, they will say that my liberty only affects me. I'm not hurting anybody else. Sin does not work that way. Sin does not destroy just the sinner. It affects his family. It affects his friends. It affects his community. The destructive power of sin. That's the way it works. <clears throat> Seventy-one percent of people believe that unmarried sex is acceptable. That's an acceptable thing. Peer pressure. What the media says. What our kids are bombarded by. Seventy-one percent. This is, this, this is like three months old, this, this poll. Now, <clears throat> and you wonder why <clears throat> a senior Christian girl 
who has maintained her purity and her virginity, one of the most popular girls in the school, comes home one day and she's bawling her head off. And you ask that girl, what's wrong, honey? And she says, all my friends turned on me. They're making fun of me because I, have my, I haven't done this. We all know the risk of this, these varying risks that, that are derived from this activity. Pregnancy, disease, reputation, uh, depression, anxiety, loss of innocence, becoming a thief. Did you ever consider that? That when we do this type of stuff, we're a thief? We're a thief from God if we're not married. And if we are married, we, or we haven't married yet, but we're going to, we're stealing from our future husbands or wives. Another curious thing about this, <clears throat> got a senior, well, she was a senior last year in school out in East Texas in the church and those <laughs> those peers of hers just kept on kept on at her okay I'm talking about this girl was National Honor Society she was a good athlete very pretty girl I mean kept on her and kept on her ridiculing her because of her purity and what's so ironic about it was when she gave in to this, they ridiculed her for giving in to it. You see, there's no, there's no win with the world. God's standard. Hebrews 13 and 4. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. <clears throat> what a blessing. What a blessing God has given us and our wives and our husbands. And what a gift it is to enjoy those marriage blessings as God intended it. 1 Corinthians 7 and 4, The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other. Defraud ye not one the other. Don't steal from each other. You see? Because unmarried sex is stealing. Morally acceptable in America. Now this, is, this blows my mind right here. <clears throat> Pornography, 52.5%. That's not a statistic for just 13 to 25. That's all everybody. The U.S. is the number one consumer in the world. We make up 4.4% of the total population of the world, yet we consume 40% of this trash. 12 billion spent annually right here in America. And the sad thing about it is, I think uh, most of this stuff's probably free because that's what, the way they want to get you hooked. 64% of the 
of 13 to 24 ages seek it often. Not a little bit, often. <clears throat> now, some of us older folks have exposed ourselves to things that we regret. Can God forgive us of those things? Of course He can. But God is not mocked. If we sow unto the flesh, we will reap unto the flesh. And while we're forgiven, guess what? There are times when I hear a certain tune in my head, a certain song, or I see a certain image on a billboard or something like that, and you know what that does? It triggers. It's a trigger that reminds me of something very bad. Why even expose yourself to that? <clears throat> the risk of this stuff, a downward spiral, you, in most cases, people that get hooked on it, they want more and more and more of it. It's like dope. <clears throat> and they want more and more uh, uh, wicked types of things. A loss of innocence, the memory. Becoming a thief. Becoming a thief. Just like unmarried sex. <clears throat> we have a dear brother in Christ. A very, very good friend of mine. Uh, I think about three or four months ago, He uh, started dabbling in this on the computer. Okay? Now we're talking about a, a guy that led Bible studies. Has a very devoted Christian wife. Okay? He's got a great job. Well, about four or five months ago, he started looking at this stuff. He got hooked on it. And I'm going to tell you something. Today, his wife goes to church by herself. He ain't darkened the door since. So while she's at church by herself, her husband's sitting at home in front of a computer screen. It's death. It's death. You see, because that sin is not just to the person that's doing it. A wife didn't buy in for that. She didn't buy into that. But her whole life and their kids. You see? Romans 6 and 12. Let not sin therefore reign your mortal body that you shall obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. We're not to do that. We're not to do it. 
1 John 2 and 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh is not of the Father. <clears throat> it's a sad thing. And it's just, no, it's just not the fellas, okay? This stuff has gotten so out of hand that these, these young ladies have been ensnared by this stuff, okay? Proverbs 7 and 25, Let not thine heart decline unto her ways, go not astray in her path, for she hath cast down many wounded, yea, Many strong men have been slain by her. Many strong men have been slain by her. And I know one in particular that my heart breaks because, because of that. But I'm going to tell you something else. Many strong women have been slain by him. <clears throat> Here's a touchy one. 63% of people in America say that this is morally acceptable. To speak on this in public in many places is considered hate speech. Sixty-three <clears throat> percent of people in America say that homosexuality is morally acceptable. We all know, I'm pretty sure everybody here knows, I know most of you know, <clears throat> loved ones, family members, and friends that are ensnared by this. And our heart breaks for them. Our heart breaks for them. Because the relationships have been destroyed, the family has been hurt. Is it forgivable? You bet it's forgivable. God will forgive it. Romans 1 and 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense their error which was met. God has a standard. He has a standard. And if we're going to be Christians, we, we need to adhere to His standard. Not to uh, what the country says. Because I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, I love this country. I love it. Greatest country on earth. But I'm going to tell you something. We're not of this country. 
We live in it, but we're not of it. Our home, we're just pilgrims here. We're travelers. 42% of America say that, for, that uh, abortion is morally acceptable. 879,000 to a million a year are gone. 35% of all babies in New York are killed. Now I want to ask you something. What kind of place do 42% of people say that this is acceptable? Yet, it is morally unacceptable to wear a fur coat or to kill for meat, to kill to feed your family. Romans 13 and 9, For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill. That's a simple one. Thou shalt not kill. Morally acceptable in America, 67% say that weed is, 80% say that alcohol is acceptable, drinking to the point of drunkenness. We know what the Bible says about that. I had a, you'll notice that every example that we've used today and the last couple that we're going to use all have to do with people that have fallen prey to this stuff that were members of the church. So we're not immune to this. We have to remain alert, vigilant. Uh, <clears throat> Just a few months ago, I buried one of my best friends. He was baptized, washed in the blood of Christ when he was 15 years old. But he graduated from drinking beer to whiskey, uh, had a great life, had a great life. He was a lawyer in this part of the country. I'm going to tell you something. Behind that alcohol, he lost his business. Everybody in the country wanted to sue him for malpractice. He lost his wife. He lost his four daughters. Behind that, you know how he died? He died on his kitchen floor convulsing. He could talk, but he couldn't control his body. That's how he went out. He went from 225 pounds down to about 115. Because all he did was drink. That was a brother in Christ who was slain. 1 Peter 5 and 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may destroy. I want to ask you something as we get close to the close. Because I'm asked oftentimes, uh, do you think it's wrong to drink a beer? Can you show me in the Bible where it's wrong, wrong to drink a glass of wine? Or, you don't think it's wrong to get a tattoo, do you? Because I see you've got them all over your arms. 
Do you think it's wrong to smoke? I would ask you this. Are we looking for the lowest common denominator to get into heaven? Are we looking for the lowest bar to just eke over the line? First Corinthians 9.24 Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receive the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Temperate in all things. Romans 12 and 2 And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're not supposed to look for the lowest common denominator. That's not what the Lord requires of us. He doesn't require, uh, his requirement is not to uh, obey the gospel and then just come to the, uh, the church building on Sundays and then the rest of the time we go out in the world and do what we do. That's not what the, girl, the Lord demands of us. We need to choose excellence. We need to strive for excellence. We have a perfect example in the Bible. And uh, many of you have heard me say this to you before. Uh, I love you guys and I know you love me. But I'm going to tell you something. You, you would not like me at all without God. Because I'm, I'm not a good person without God. And I'm going to tell you something else. No man or woman is capable of integrity without God because He is the one true understand, uh, standard and source of integrity. It's impossible without Him. And He is our prime and primary example of integrity. He lived the perfect life. He was perfect in withstanding temptation. A lot of people think that Christ was tempted in the desert and then it was over. He was done. That ain't, that ain't what happened. Christ was tempted as we are tempted and He withstood it all perfectly. He gave us the perfect example in life of how to live. He died. He was the perfect sacrifice. Shedding His blood so of all of us all of us humans who lack integrity can receive completeness. And we can receive integrity through His blood. So why do we want to have integrity? Because we're commanded. Matthew 5 and 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. What does that mean? It means complete. It means finished. I want to ask you something. Well, I forgot my slide here. I want to ask you, what do you think about King David? says he's a man after God's own heart. You think he had integrity? The Bible said he did. 
He sinned. He sent a man to his death so he could steal that man's wife. You know what though? He didn't live in his sin. He turned from it. Do you think Paul was without sin? That he didn't have integrity? He sinned. He had a hand in killing Christians, putting them in prison. You know what though? His source of integrity was Christ. Because he repented of those things. And he lived for Christ. We are to have integrity, but to love life and see good days. This is the best life on earth that we live here as Christians. We share peace. We share each other's burdens. When we have hard times, our brothers and sisters help us up. When we fall, they reach down to give us a hand and pick us up. When we're struggling, they pray for us. We have Christ's blood. We get to come here and worship God every Sunday. 1 Peter 3 and 9, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that speak no guile. We are to be upheld. Psalms 41 and 11, By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in my integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. If we have integrity through Jesus Christ, we will be upheld through all the bad times and the good. <clears throat> do you want to see God? I do. Matthew 5 and 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, those who have integrity. 